Tell me some of your favorite things to do under the kitchen table. Um, I think my definitely favorite thing to do under the table is to build forts. Um, we would take bed sheets and blankets and pillows and we would make huge forts under the table and play house in them and like live in them and pretend that there are houses. And we would make like living rooms and bedrooms and someone would be the parents and someone would be the kids. And we'd sleep there, we'd cook meals in there, we'd eat in there. And we would make them really big. And it was a lot of fun. Great. Welcome to our first official podcast. Uh, we did have a pilot episode, but we are starting uh, Curious About Art with George. Um, and we are continuing around the red kitchen table, just having some um, nice conversations back and forth as um, I have for many years with uh, my father um, and um, colleague, uh, Dr. Sakelli. So I'm happy to be sitting here with you and having conversations with George. Um, what's been going on lately? Well, you know, not, or Dr. Sakelli, maybe. <laughs> Confuse the audience. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, last night, I don't know if you, you've seen on the news, uh, again, Puerto Rico. Poor Puerto Rico. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a, just horrible. Um, it was a shot of a um, shelter and uh, just just sadness and and uh, of course people out of light they have uh, shortage of food um, Devastating. It, it, it is it is amazing but in this uh, shelter the middle of the camera man uh, was apparently interested in this little girl um, and at first it was just a box so it, was ignored, but then the cameraman noticed little feet coming out of the box, and soon a little girl appeared from inside the box. And uh, apparently she was trying to tell during the interview that, welcome to my house, you know, she wanted uh, people mm. to come into her house. But uh, this idea of a safe space, you know, of, of uh, creating and um, designing your own safe space, even if you have your own room, you need a little room, a small room, right. <laughs> where you can hide. Huh. Um, I always loved uh, children who do their homework and do their art in, their, in the closet. Or my son Jacob, who used to have his baseball stadium under the bed with flashlights, having, of course, a night game. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so th this, these are important um, it's not just a hiding place, but it's also um, a, a very ripe uh, introduction to interior design and uh, architecture and, and so forth. Yeah. It's kind of a natural, so big boxes, we cherish them, we collect them. 
Absolutely. It's a sad sad story, but also a really important one, right? And I, um, yeah, I don't think I can see a big box at this point in my career where I'm not thinking about uh, the possibilities of bringing it into the art room and what the kids will do with it. So um, definitely the thought of any big box gets uh, me excited as well as, uh, well as the students. I don't know, right away when you were talking about that, I thought about uh, my daughter when she was younger and we used to go to hotel rooms. And the first thing she would do was... Uh, you know, take over the closet, um, and the closet was her was her safe space, but also a place to play and do other things. So, um, you know, that was a really good memory of her um, using that space and taking all the the closet accoutrements and making a a little fort in the closet. So, um, and hotel rooms are a wonderful place for that because there's really nowhere to go, right? But she kind of fi- found that little that hidden gem always to to make her own. So. Um, and that's part of this, making a space your own. Um, and you don't really have that all the time as a kid, right? A lot of times your parents um, do, you know, dress up your room for you, for example, uh, don't give you a lot of leeway when it comes to that. Um, so the importance of having a space where it's actually yours and you can create it yourself and design it yourself, um, I think is a really important um, thing for kids. So it might just be that box, Right, that large box that's that safe space or that place that they can design and decorate. Um, or, you know, as I did with my daughter, I let her at a very young age create her own space in her room, which is also important, but doesn't always happen. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting because the paper in the art room is supposed to be your space. You're supposed to be your creative space. Yes. The table eight and a half by school. eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rather small, <laughs> like a New York small New York apartment, right? Subrent, <laughs> sublet. Um, but the table is supposed to be your area, your space. Of course, you're sharing it with four or six other kids. Yeah. Um, so you really don't have a private studio in school. Um, the idea of moving the tables or going under the tables, we talk, you know, certainly is a possibility that we talked about. But um, to, to um, the boxes, the, the, these uh, private homes, almost like uh, trailers, you know, have to be brought into the class. And the, the kids are very um, uh, helpful in locating some of these, but of course then the teacher and the parents have to be the, the moving man and moving ladies to, mm-hmm. to bring it to class. Um, also a very good opportunity to work together yes. on something like this. Um, I remember coming from um, uh, Kennedy Airport and um, my daughter uh, picked me up and I sat in the back seat with Danielle and um, while I... My daughter always brings me a uh, corned beef sandwich when I arrive. That's, that's my <laughs> class for going to New York. Uh, but <laughs> she, uh, Danielle right away started out, I know what we're going to do when we get home. <laughs> so it's appropriate that the children plan the art project. Not the teacher, not the parent, not the grandpa, yes. the children. And this was important art project, which she described as a post office we're making. And right. she even went into the mailbox that she must have on the post office. And when I walked into her room, it was just a big box. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was she envisioned it already, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, that used to be our project for uh, several days, actually, <laughs> because you design the exterior and then, of course, you move into the interior. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 certainly a two-person project which we both worked on. Yeah, I, I think that's a very important point, though, is that she envisioned it from the start and to understand that kids do have these amazing visions of what they they want to see and what's going to what that's going to look like and how they're going to play with it and um she knows you're going to listen to her which i think is really important and help her to see her vision through and that's that's part of that is she um you were that you you were that willing ear um that could have that conversation with her um take her seriously which is important and also help her um, to see it through. So, yeah, having that vision is, I think, very, very key. And I think most kids have that vision. It's just actually having somebody that cares enough to, to listen to them. Um, and that's, yeah, it's exciting to, to always see uh, the kids' creations when we, when we go to New York and see what they've come up with in a, in a small space to have a big box. <laughs> but... Can we call the art class welcoming children's ideas? Yeah. The home of a trusted person, the art teacher who lives in the art room, obviously, who, who greets kids and welcomes their ideas, mm-hmm. welcomes them as artists into the room and welcomes their ideas in the room. Yeah. And not the opposite of waiting for Teach, the students waiting for the teacher's ideas to be pronounced. Yeah, and I, I think that's the hardest part, and I see that with my, my students who are going to be teachers, is giving up that control. The control is really um, difficult to realize that you're not the only artist in the room and that the kids have ideas and they have a voice and they they need to be heard. And, you know, um, your idea as a teacher is just maybe one idea, but um, being there to be helpful to their ideas is, is more of your job. And I think that's very difficult, this idea of I'm not putting all the knowledge onto you, I'm not professing something to you all the time, but that you also have something as a kid to teach me. Um, and then we could work things out, you know, whatever your idea is, um, I can help you to see it through. And that's that's really important. Um, and hard to do as a, especially a first or second year teacher, I'm noticing you know, to let that control go because you have those fears that the whole class is going to, you know, <laughs> everything's going to go wrong and, you know, you're not going to be in control anymore and what happens. Um, and I think as you get into it more and more, you realize that it's okay sometimes to let go and let the kids' voices be heard and um, talk to them as, as humans, right, and realize that they have wonderful um, uh, abilities and um, a lot more than, than us sometimes as adults who struggle with that. You know, it takes time. time. It does. And uh, part of that is uh, to develop the time to listen to the kids consistently, to have them start the lesson, not always the art teacher, to be a trusted individual mm-hmm. in class, that they know they can bring their collections to, their ideas to, to show their uh, little sketches or their... Um, greatest finds to 
and you won't be laughing or you will be welcoming, just the opposite, you will be really welcoming and, and uh, the reception that they and their ideas will get when they enter the room. Mm. So, um, like all trust, yeah. it, it takes time uh, to develop. And once the kids trust you as somebody who is different than anyone else in the school, Mm-hmm. who welcomes you and welcomes you with your stuff that you brought in and uh, and all your ideas that you have and is interested in that. Mm-hmm. Now that trust takes time to develop, yeah. but then everything changes. Well, it's one of the things I really loved about elementary school teaching is that you have the students for, you know, five or six years. So you really get to know them and you really get to see them grow, but you also develop that trust and get a reputation for these things too, right? As being someone who can be trusted and is interested in their ideas. So I think that uh, for me, that was really a wonderful part about teaching um, elementary is you do get that time with them. The hardest things perhaps is when kids who are marching from class to class, I always think of it as a prison line, <laughs> uh, and Stay in straight line. <laughs> because of you, because this trusted person, uh, uh, they get off the line and uh, come to you and want to show you what they're hiding in their pocket or what secret thing they're going to bring to you, and it's in their lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. And um, sometimes they get punished for getting off the line, and of course, my reception is is very friendly and, and very welcoming and warm so you know that's it's it's a it's a, um, a difficult area <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you know when you come to school they notice when you're walking in with your cart or your backpack with a little tail hanging out and you brought in your stuffed animal you yes. know, or something, and then you have the children following you already <laughs> with the things that they brought in yeah. So it's kind of this wonderful meeting of things that the art teacher brings in and wonderful things that the children bring in. And um, uh, one, again, it takes time to develop that relationship of show and tell on both sides, of sharing on both sides. Uh, the art teacher doesn't walk in empty-handed. Yes, in it's fact, always... my custodian will definitely tell you I never walk in empty-handed. <laughs> it's always kind of the joke of, of the school is that I'm uh, constantly dragging something behind me or, um, you know, holding something in my hand. So they know when I walk in to, <laughs> to help me pick up uh, things as I as I come into the school. But, you know, the students know that too, you know. You don't, you don't look like a traditional teacher, right? You don't have a briefcase. You don't have a... Uh, even a messenger bag, right? We can't even afford those luxuries. We have to have, you know, larger, <laughs> larger bags. Now I have the uh, the cart, which helps my back. But you know, um, all kinds of things, and the kids know that the art teacher has arrived, which is, I think, important too. That um, our entrance into the school is is different than other teachers, and not a bag full of uh, paperwork. <laughs> it's also a sign of caring, and the kids know that. Yes. This is a teacher who really cares, who will bring in uh, the kitchen sink if he has to, to, <laughs> to make the lesson and, yeah. the, and the time we have together interesting. And um, also, they will not be afraid to bring in things that they select because yeah. they see your collection as being funny sometimes and silly sometimes mm-hmm. and uh, unusual many times. 
Well, it's all part of sharing a little bit about who you are, right? And if you're willing to share a little bit about who you are and bring in things from home and things that are important to you, then they're going to feel the same way. And I think that's part of it. It's just that personal touch that they really understand. Yes. Um, so I think that that's, that's very important. I remember the argument with my wife some uh, years ago because we bought a new set of uh, sheets and pillowcases um, and it was designed by Yves Saint Laurent. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, if you remember, his patterns were pretty wild. He was uh, actually uh, communicating with the uh, um, um, op art period in, art, in his work. Nice. So we brought the items home and it was a question of who opens it first we do or I bring it to class first <laughs> because these opening ceremonies in the class when you open it from the store bag and then the smaller bags and they finally get to mm -hmm. see it and feel it in their hands is so important it is that must have been very early <laughs> in your marriage asked. because I'm sure she, now she knows the kids open it first but <laughs> yeah, that was an early early experience for her that's true. That's true. Uh, I was always envious of teachers who were able to come in on a bicycle to school. Right. Or, or come in, as you say, with a, a briefcase. Um, for me, a moving truck is too small. <laughs> I don't remember having a very small car that we can... Uh, in fact, once I remember, uh, I don't... We both uh, went to look at it. I was contemplating buying an ice cream truck. Right, I remember that. I thought that would be just exciting for the kids <laughs> to see all the things that I bring to school taken out of a, the freezer, um, the many freezer compartments of this ice cream truck. And I tried out the truck. Remember, you took a picture yes, of Yes, I have a great seat. picture of you somewhere. I was somewhere so excited. Um, unfortunately, the great. truck was very old, and I was concerned about the engine bringing it home. Uh, <laughs> Um, a thousand miles to Kentucky. Um, <laughs> but the idea is, is there yeah, for sure. It was great. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, well, we're going to um, end this week's session. And thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. Um, we, we love these conversations around the, the kitchen table. And we hope you join us for our um, second one. Thank you so much. Thank you.